Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The city recently issued demolition permits for six buildings in the downtown West neighborhood, five on Olive, one on Pine. That's more than 26,000 square feet in the shadow of what will be St. Louis's new Major League Soccer Stadium. The team's owners are asking for the right to destroy these buildings. And once raised, the land they sit on is slated to be parking. It's a familiar story in St. Louis. Huge swaths of the city have been bulldozed in the last century. And in many cases, they have been replaced with parking lots. But just because a song is familiar doesn't mean everyone in the city is okay with one more spin. Mitchell Jorstead is a volunteer and committee member for Project Augustine. That's an initiative to restore a church in North St. Louis. He's also active in the broader local preservation community. He published a petition at change.org seeking to rally residents to save the building, and he got well over a thousand signatures. Mitchell Jorstad explained to producer Evie Hemphill his frustration that we keep doing the same thing in St. Louis. This is not the first time we've done this where, you know, a a big player moves in, you know, it could be such as the convention center, well, the MLS stadium now, um, St. Louis center, Wells Fargo may move in and, you know, they, they bring a lot of investment to the city, which is great they're providing so much for the city but then you know they start there we start having these side effects when they move in where the they say you know we need parking and then they you know choose a block or two to just clear out and you know reshape in their own according to their own desires rather than what might be good for the community um, at large you look at for example um one example i think about is u.s bank where, um, you know, they built their tower downtown and it's so awesome. They have jobs downtown, but they also in, I think it was 96, they demolished the historic ambassador theater uh, for a plaza. The building was in fine shape. It was standing. And, you know, if it had survived another four years, another eight years, then somebody probably would have picked it up and rehabbed it by then. It was a great asset. Um, And, or, you see buildings like the Century Building where people just don't see a future for it, even though it's in perfectly good condition. And they say, well, we just give up. And, you know, the city or whoever might own it tears it down and replaces it with a parking garage. It's this pattern of short-sighted thinking where we think, you know, nobody seems to be interested in this building now. So we're just going to get rid of it and um, let somebody else figure it out. That was Mitchell Jorstad, and he pointed to another part of downtown, Washington Avenue, by way of contrast. Those buildings were decrepit for a long time, for decades. And now it's a lively entertainment and nightlife district because we kept those buildings around. We didn't turn them into a parking lot. And that doesn't mean just the big skyscrapers and big uh, flats and apartments, too. That also includes, you know, the smaller buildings, the two or three stories, Um, the walk-ups and mixed-use buildings. Each and every building plays an important part in downtown's fabric and in allowing spaces uh, for, you know, startups and, you know, people maybe looking for cheaper rent or cheaper places to have commercial or residential opportunities. And that, again, is Mitchell Jorstad. His Change.org petition hopes to save the six buildings now slated for demolition in downtown West. And joining me today to talk about these buildings and the downtown neighborhood as a whole is Catherine Homaker. She's an urban planner who lives and works in St. Louis. So, Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So we heard some of Mitchell's concerns. What about this planned demolition on Olive raises questions for you? Yeah, so I 
I do feel like there are a lot of unanswered questions, and I feel like they're the kind of questions that we should have the answers to before a demolition is approved. So things like, you know, what were those buildings contributing before they were purchased? How many jobs did they have in them? What kind of economic activity was happening? And then on the other side, do we need more parking? Is that the only location for the parking potentially? Is there a compromise where a parking structure could be built and the buildings could still be saved? Um, questions like those, I think, really need to be thought through and, and need to be tied to a broader plan before something like a demolition is approved. Because as, as he mentioned, we've done a lot of demolitions without long-term plans, and then we look back and say, I wish we hadn't approved that demolition. So mm -hmm. I think in this case, it just speaks to the fact that we need a, a longer-term plan for the area. So this might sound like a really stupid question, but do we have a comprehensive plan for downtown at this point? So there, there is a plan in the works now, and it's out for public input right now. And it, in fact, doesn't have these buildings demolished. And so that's an interesting point because, you know, the only thing worse than not having a plan is having a plan and not following it. Mm -hmm. So it really can sort of erode the trust of people that you ask to participate in the planning process and, and of the process generally if, if you ask people for what they want and then you choose to do something different. So this plan, um, this is at this point a draft plan, but it, it sounds like it's not just that somebody drew this on the back of a napkin. Somebody spent some time trying to figure out what should go where. What did they have these buildings doing, if, if not parking? Yeah, I mean, so they're historic mixed-use buildings. So those are the kinds of buildings we have all over St. Louis, and it's it's part of what makes our urban fabric unique because we do have this mix of uses naturally in our building stock. And so the beauty of those buildings is that they can be anything. You know, they can be office or residential above. They can be storefronts. They could be offices. They could have retail. Um, and, and so that's part of the need for, for a plan for the area around MLS, for example, is, you know, there's really an opportunity here to think about what kind of uses complement what the stadium is going to bring and how can those come together to create the kind of environment that we'd like to have around the stadium. Hmm. Now, as a planner, um, you've said that you see the city's existing built environment as a really big asset. I don't think everybody in the city thinks of it that way. Um, explain your thinking. What, what do we have here that's good? Yeah. So, you know, my favorite thing about St. Louis is our really interesting, unique neighborhoods. We have short blocks and a density of buildings and a unique architecture style and mixed uses and in, in many neighborhoods, mixed incomes. Um, and that is something unique here. And the trouble with St. Louis is, is that we've got all of these great neighborhoods and they are just not stitched together very well. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, you know, transportation corridors with pedestrian challenges or, you know, railroad systems, whatever it may be, it is difficult to get between our neighborhoods. And so that's one of the reasons I'm excited about the MLS stadium, because I feel like it can really serve as one of those stitches to kind of weave together downtown and the Locust area and Midtown and, and an area that right now, downtown West, um, has a lot of vacancy, could really serve as kind of that middle to pull the neighborhoods together. Hmm. And yet we just seem to always turn towards parking. Uh, Mitchell Jorstad, who we heard from before, he's the preservationist trying to stop the demolition of these buildings. He says that he actually made a map. He wanted to illustrate just how much parking there already is downtown. And, and here's what he learned doing that. 
even as I made it, it was shocking to me, like just looking at how much parking we had. And I didn't even outline like vacant lots in downtown West either. So there's still more un underutilized land. Um, we don't need it. Like, as you can see from the map, we have so much that, you know, we don't need anymore. If that still isn't enough parking, then we'll never have enough parking to put it bluntly. But the thing is too, is that the conversation shouldn't even be about whether there's enough parking, because if you build more parking, more people are going to try to drive and try to park. And then you end up with full parking lots again. And so we need to think in the reverse direction of, you know, buildings over parking of, you know, activated spaces, because, you know, I mean, to put it in kind of a simple, to simplify it a little, if you look at somewhere like Chicago or New York or Paris or London, or basically most of the major global cities, or even, you know, smaller ones with a lot of pedestrian activity, like New Orleans, it's hard to park. It's very hard to park, but that's not a bug. That's a feature. That's, it's hard to park, but there are people everywhere. And that, again, is Mitchell Jorstad. You know, Catherine, as I'm listening to him, I, I find myself nodding. He's right about all those things. And yet, you know, I recall we had the superintendent of the Gateway Arch National Park on our show. And he was talking about how um, visits to the, to the site have been down since the renovations. And these are the most amazing renovations. That site looks amazing. And the current theory amongst those paying attention to this is people don't like that there's not just one designated parking lot right next door. Is the core of this problem here that St. Louis has just a weird and unhealthy relationship with parking garages? Well, I, I mean, I do think <laughs> you don't want you don't want to say that we're weird and unhealthy, huh? <laughs> well, we bait. certainly have too much parking, and I think that all of those other examples are, you know, evidence for you can be a successful city without twenty percent of your downtown being covered in parking. And so, you know, he's certainly not wrong on that, but it, it would take a shift in priorities, you know, from, from city leadership and from the planning community. It, it would take a real commitment to creating the kind of downtown and the kind of city we want, which, which Mitchell's talking about, mm -hmm. um, focused on economic activity, having people on the street ensuring it's a pedestrian friendly environment and you know we do some of those things really well our commitment to green space is really impressive you know people come to st louis and are really impressed by our green space and that is one part of it that's one part of having a really enjoyable city um, but we just don't do very well on the commitment to the other parts. Hmm. We're talking today to planner Catherine Hamaker, and we're talking about these buildings that are now currently slated for demolition in downtown West. Um, and we have a pretty good discussion about those buildings going on on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. You're welcome to join that group if you're interested in, in diving into that. It's a closed group, but you just have to ask permission. We let people in pretty easily. Um, and we often preview what we're going to talk about. Dennis wrote in that conversation, he wrote, more parking isn't a need in this area. There's plenty of parking, even when you need 5,000 to 7,000 spots for soccer games 17 to 20 times a year. What this is about is the team wants to control some of the parking because it's another revenue stream. Is that a good excuse for the city to allow them to do this? Absolutely not, but it's an honest one, and they should at least be honest. Catherine, do you think Dennis is onto something with that theory? You know, I don't know necessarily what their motivations are. Parking is a revenue source, and, and that is part of the reason that there's so much parking downtown. Um, but it's also, it's a little bit of a chicken-egg thing. You know, parking is a revenue source because we don't have the density to support other things on those parking lots. And so, it 
you know, if some of the parking lots were replaced with buildings that had street level retail and more people downtown, then it wouldn't be so financially, you know, beneficial to keep your lot as a parking lot. And so I think it speaks to a much broader issue of, you know, the economics of development. And if we want to ensure that we have an a downtown and a downtown west that really feels like a city, then we need to make sure that we're demanding the kind of development that does that. Mm-hmm. We did reach out to both the city and the ownership group for their comment on all this, and they both gave us some pretty lengthy statements. I'm going to try to get some of the highlights in here. Uh, the city notes that these are privately owned properties. They are not protected by any historical designation. And a spokesman also referred us to a review by the city's cultural resources office. It says the buildings fall under the category of having, quote, little historic and design value and little reuse potential. The city also notes that the Board of Aldermen uh, signed, uh, passed some legislation by a big margin earlier this year that committed the city to cooperate with the ownership group to, quote, identify potential locations for off-site parking that would be beneficial to both fans attending soccer matches and businesses. Um, and a second bill, which was sponsored by Alderwoman Christine Ingracia and passed unanimously by the full board, also identified 1900 Olive to be included in a new community improvement district to raise revenue for parking improvements throughout the district. So, Catherine, they're kind of pointing to a different plan here, saying, yeah, the Board of Aldermen pass this plan that does have this as parking. Does that alleviate some of your concerns? So I think that the Board of Aldermen did commit to cooperating to ensure that there was enough parking for the MLS stadium. And I think that that commitment still stands. Um, And I don't think that they committed to saying you could use this spot for parking. Hmm. And, you know, like I mentioned before, maybe this is the best spot for parking, but I just think there's a lot of unanswered questions in terms of, you know, what where should parking go as it relates to the stadium? Do we need as much as we think we do? How could this land be used in a better way? And again, I think it just ties back to the fact that we we don't have a plan for what we think this part of our community should look like. And so it's just sort of an ad hoc approach. You know, this application for demo went to the building division. They sent it to cultural resources. And then somebody in cultural resources d- decided that it would be okay to demo it. And I think that in an ideal world, the person in the office would have opened up their book and seen that the St. Louis Comprehensive Plan says that we'd like this to be a mixed-use, dense area adjacent to the stadium, and they would see, oh, surface parking maybe doesn't comply. But instead, because we don't have that document, it's just up to the whims of whoever's in that position, and that's really not how planning is supposed to work in a city. It should really be tied to a long-term vision that we all sort of contributed to and agreed upon so that decisions like this about buildings and about lots are tied back to a, a shared vision. Uh, the spokesman for the St. Louis City SC, that's the soccer team that's going to be playing very near this site, um, they said the new stadium development currently sits on what was previously a parking lot used by people who work in the building at 1831 Chestnut. In order to accommodate those individuals and stadium and related events, the 1900 Olive Block, which primarily is an existing surface lot with a few largely vacant buildings, was identified as a location that could be used as temporary surface parking. Generally, we agree that there is an abundance of surface parking lots in downtown St. 
Louis. Our long-term plan is actually to decrease the total number of spaces and surface lots in downtown West by working with our architectural team to find creative solutions that will contribute to a vibrant and accessible stadium district. The block in question is being used for replacement parking for spaces no longer available due to the new stadium footprint. It does not, in fact, increase the total number of spaces in the area. And they said they are looking to create, hopefully, a mixed-use parking structure with commercial space on the first floor. From an architectural perspective, they're hoping it would complement other buildings being developed as part of this stadium district. Would Catherine, would that make you feel better if they were able to pull off something like that? Yeah, so I think added density in this area is great. I just think that we have a perhaps a system that's got things in the wrong order. I don't think we should necessarily be handing out demolition permits until we know what the next step is. And and they're right that surface parking is a temporary land use. It's something that lots of parts of our city have used for a few years and then, you know, the economics and the market have changed and they've been able to develop on it. And, you know, that's fine. It's just that that has really burned us in the past. We have agreed to demolish buildings and then down the line, nothing has come from it. And so without a plan in place, um, I think it would be unwise to support, um, you know, more surface parking without a long-term plan. I do want to mention, we're actually hearing from a lot of callers right now. We haven't um, officially opened our phone lines because we knew we had a lot to talk about today. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to those. But um, we have heard now today from people who are in favor of preserving this row of buildings along 1900 Olive. And we're also hearing from folks who would like to see St. Louis approach parking differently. Catherine, there seems to be a real consensus that our current system is broken and that that's much bigger than this particular issue here. Um, In our last couple minutes here, we just have about a minute and a half. Uh, are, are there any concrete ways that we could make the St. Louis planning and development process less scattered? Yeah, I think that the Board of Aldermen and the Mayor's Office could fund um, our planning department. And it's been under-resourced and understaffed for decades. And so they haven't been able to create things like a citywide comprehensive plan or update the zoning for more than 50 years. And so that's what's created this sort of ad hoc approach to thinking about properties is because we don't have a citywide plan for really anything. And so I think that would be step number one, would be to ensure that that office is ready to tackle some of these things at at a citywide level. So this is going to take more employees. We can't just try to do this on the cheap. We need people dedicated to this. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about planning is that it's an investment on the front end. um, And in theory, it saves you money on the back end. So if we can fund the office and really commit to planning um, for our future, then, you know, hopefully we'd save money in the end. Well, that's a great argument, and I do feel like there's a lot of people who are really receptive right now to the idea that something has to change, and so hopefully people are listening today. Um, And Catherine Hamaker, I want to thank you so much for joining us to share your thoughts. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.